Hey, happy Monday, everybody. You're on with the Blondes right here on KUNX Digital Broadcasting, the UNX Network, the new mainstream. Happy Monday, everybody. Here we are. It's a beautiful day. How's it out your way, Didi? We had rain over the weekend. Oh, it was like everybody's been praying for rain because we're yeah. so dry and there was a yeah. fire not far Ooh. from us at all. And we were blessed with rain. There you go. So, it was needed. It was yes. asked for and it was needed. Good. Well, hello, everybody. Of course, we have our fun friends on the side here. We have Get Haunted Rob doing some jokes. Uh, we have Danny. Hi, beautiful Danny. How are you doing tonight? Uh, we have Travis here with us. Who else? We have got to go through all the, the jokes. The jokes, right? <laughs> it was a long thread. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's always fun to read before the show. Um, did you catch our show last week? We weren't live here on uh, KUNX, but we were on Paranormally Blonde YouTube. And we had a fun little a roundtable discussion on what do we think, I don't know, what do we think ghosts are? It was kind of, it was interesting. I think people held back, not criticizing. I think people held back and it's scary, right? Like we put that out there and once you put it out there, I think people feel like they can't walk it back. But yeah, you know, I'm always, true. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. But the, but the thing is, is isn't that kind of sad? Like when you yeah. think about it, like it's okay to tear something down a little bit to really examine why you might believe the way you believe and yeah. maybe open yourself up a little bit. And if you can't, I mean, I don't know, what are we really walking back? We really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but I loved your theory. I, I have been thinking about that a lot. <clears throat> um, and so if you didn't catch the show, you know, the question really was, what do we think ghosts are? Can we, why, like, why do we believe them to be what we think they are? But what else could they be? And I loved, like, you, right out the gate, you were like, okay, let's just throw this theory out there, right? Like, what if it's like a dream scenario and we are interacting with somebody that's dreaming? And I love that because why do we think our energy only goes out to explore once we've passed over? Right. It yeah. doesn't, right? I mean, if, no, we, I if so. we talk about, and I think what I loved about your theory is it did, it made me go, well, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like that was such a perfect and beautiful like combo starter, because if we talk about astral projecting, well, then why couldn't what we're interacting with be right. somebody doing that and or dreaming? Yeah. Maybe some of us are able to see the shadows, you know, yeah. not everybody can, but it's somebody who's dreaming or astral projecting and some of us catch it, you know? Yeah. I think that's a, a, it was a brilliant, you know, way to go into this. And I have, I've been thinking about it because then you just start thinking, I kind of thought about some of my interactions that I believe that I've had experiences. Right. But then I sort of think about when I'm dreaming and yeah. especially when it's such a specific location that is correct in the dream not like oh that was my house when i was little but not really my house but i mean like everything in it is so specific and correct that you're like yeah. am i really there right now right so yeah I, yeah i like this theory so if you guys didn't catch it um we had all sorts of sort of belief systems we had bill brian of course from empty caskets and he was kind of taking on the science thing and i liked his too i liked his thought um, he was going yeah. more scientific and kind of talking about, right, like um, maybe it's a cube in their realm, but when they peek through our realm, it just looks like a square to us. So like there was some interesting thoughts flying around yeah. there as well. Um, 
And we had Dustin, who a uh, demonologist, ordained minister, a paranormal investigator. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, sort of given us his thoughts and maybe a little bit more on the religious side. Yeah, um, we had a good variety of people. I think so. Really and did. then Lori, I love Lori Salanner. She was great. She just, she was just so mad. She's like, I don't know, it could be that. <laughs> she was open to it, right? She's yeah. like, Sure. Why not? Right. And why um, couldn't it be all of it? You know, why couldn't it be all of it? Um, Jeremy, that's a parent. Oh my gosh. The normal, but the paranormal, but the new normal or something like that. It was yeah. like a, a podcast. He had some very interesting, I, you know, I, again, even if something seems so out there, like, so like, why not? I, I kind I know people probably wouldn't like his theory on possible on how ghosts start off as how they evolve, how yeah. evolve like kind of like a growing up. And I think yeah. that's kind of what he was. I don't think he was, I don't think he was literally saying they start off as infants and then toddlers and then right, teens, no. right? I think it was he just was saying the as they grow stronger. Yeah. The evolution. Is, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I haven't heard anybody say that before yeah. that you know, when you first become a spirit, you're maybe a little weaker. And so you might be, I don't know, did he say orb or he said like a mist? And then yeah. as you get more and more powerful, I guess I'll yeah. use as the word or more understanding how to manipulate everything, you become more like a shadow figure. So that was, a, I mean, there were so many different things we actually talked about. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. And Thor was trying, he was, he was just taking things we were saying and trying, okay, yeah, I could see it that way. It was a very interesting conversation. Again, I think everybody held back just a little bit and I get it. It is scary to put it out there on YouTube that everybody can find it because the unfortunate thing is in this world today, we have a tendency then to take that, use it against somebody instead of just saying it was to ex expand on a conversation. It wasn't, right. this was not they just supposed to end. Out. Yeah. They pull not out what they want. little piece they pull yeah, out. Yeah. That sound bite and then they use it against you. So yes. I, I get it, but hopefully I feel like we're getting better. I feel like people are starting to say a little bit more. So we'll just keep yeah. at that little round table and see if people will we'll talk a little freer. I don't know. Or yeah. maybe I'm going to just have to record a conversation. Like we're just calling them on the phone and <laughs> no, now no one's going to talk to you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. My phone suddenly never rings again. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, so that was our show last week. It was a lot of fun. Um, but here we back, we're back on KUNX this week, back to our regular schedule. Um, next week we have April from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. She is a psychic medium. And so she's going to join the blondes. Another blonde will be joining the blondes. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a fun conversation with her. Um, but tonight we have got um, Kyle Mangus. And I hope that's how I'm, I hope I've been saying your name right. Right. Am I saying yes. that right? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, Kyle, this is Kyle. I, I'd say, well, welcome to the blondes. Thank um, you. Not really your first time on, on, on KUNX, it's your first time, right? Yeah. But yeah. you've been on with uh, World's Largest. So, mm -hmm. Kyle, he is a friend and he is also a colleague of mine with Get Haunted. And uh, he's just an all around good guy. I can say that. I know Kyle. He's funny. He's got fans on the side here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Danny. <laughs> um, I'm excited to talk to you because I do. So I, you, you work with Get Haunted mm -hmm. and that's how I, I've come to know you. And now we work together pretty closely and I've been getting to know Kyle, but Kyle, you are, you work for friends or volunteer. I, I don't know how, I don't want to say it wrong. 
you work for, but you volunteer your yeah. time for Friends of White Hill Mansion, which is a historical location. Yeah, we're 100% nonprofit, so. Okay, just state well, that for the record so nobody's going to get yeah. you for, <laughs> for work, tax purposes. I don't get paid, so it's You all do good. not get paid. Um, so as I, you know, so he's worked for White Hill, and this is a favorite location of Get Haunted. They love to do events there. Yeah. And so as, so he's got, he got, Swooped into the Get Haunted crew. Or did. <laughs> and Hoodwinked, hoodwinked whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good, right? It's been fun. But as we've like gotten to know each other, I've been asking him some questions. And you know what? We're going to talk a little bit about connections to these locations because I don't, I feel like, I feel like nobody really knows this, Kyle. Uh, probably not. Yeah, it's really cool. But I like right haunted locations. So I, I kind of feel like you're sort of the main dude, right? Of White Hill. Yeah, I'm the vice president. So there's a there's like you're a core group president. of of twenty volunteers who are there and basically try to do everything they can to save this awesome historically haunted home. So Okay. So let's just kind of go through a little bit of a timeline here before we get into your cool story about it. But if you don't know what White Hill Mansion is, people, this location, this particular home, was it built as a home? Yes. Okay. So this home predates America, like being America, which is so super cool. So what date did this house become? So this is going to get tricky, but I'll try to, I'll try to wrap it all in there. So okay. the main house that's still standing today roughly dates back to about 1750. Okay. Um, but there was many additions put on. We think maybe 1790, 1780, another edition. But there originally was a house there in 1723. We just don't know exactly where it was. And there is some speculation that part of the house that's standing now is built either on the foundation or part of it is still there. So Isn't that's where it gets a little tricky with the timelines. But the yeah. main body of the house that is still there dates back to at least 1750. That is insane to me. Yeah. Like that a house can, can they even build a house like that today? <laughs> No, I'm not sure. No, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think so. Nothing the test of time like this one has. So yeah, I mean, test of time. So this house is located in Fieldsboro, correct, right. New Jersey. Yep. Um. So, do we know why this house? Like, what is a little bit of the story of this house? Why was it built? Who, who <sighs> okay, built so, it? Oh, this is good. Get it's a long story, but I'll try to wrap it up. Three hundred years of history in the cliff notes. So. The story basically starts with the Fields family. So the Fields family were a local, prominent, socially connected and wealthy family. Um, there was three generations of them. They all were named Robert. But the main story starts around Robert II. So in the lead up to the Revolutionary War, he was very involved in the politics and a lot of businesses. He had over 600 acres, multiple businesses. The house is butts up right behind the Delaware River. Um, so he had a whole bunch of shipping industries, wharfs. So he was he was well-connected and well-known. Um, he was a part of a, a committee called the Correspondence Committee that used to write letters back and forth between the colonies, kind of trying to keep, you know, in contact during the, before the Revolutionary War started out. But in January, 1775, he went out to uh, one of his boats behind the house, went to the river, went down to Philadelphia, which is roughly about 45 minutes away. Um, and he never came back. Um, he was with a servant and the servant was questioned like what happened to Mr. Fields and he came up with four or five answers and none of them really made sense. So at the time 
the revolution was kind of starting, so they didn't want to make it political, which they kind of think it may have been politically or business motivated. But the main story of the house is that left his wife, Mary Fields, pregnant with her seventh child to basically run all of his businesses, all of his property. And basically the American Revolution broke out in her front yard. Um, she was visited by the British multiple times. They searched her house. Um, the American Navy stopped at her house, um, stayed there, had dinner. Her neighbors called the local authorities and British came. Um, before the Battle of Trenton, the Hessians, who were mercenaries for the British, basically commandeered her house for two weeks. Um, so, I mean, it was just a hotbed of activity during that time period alone. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this house, right? Wow. That's insane to me. Yeah. Like, this is, this is where you really say, this is where it all started. Yeah. Like, this is truly, this is credit, where it all started. We do credit Mary Fields with a big reason why the house is still there because she was able to get protection orders from the British, from the Hessians, and then later on the Americans, because most of, uh, there was a lot of battles in New Jersey during the Revolutionary War, and a lot of the civilians lost homes or, you know, <clears throat> property was used for kindling for firewood when it was cold. So mm -hmm. we really accredit Mary Fields to saving the house. We kind of call her the matriarch of the house. So is this like a well, I feel like when you study any kind of history like this, American history, I, do you, I don't recall really hearing much about New Jersey. No, it is. It's a, it is and it isn't. I think New Jersey had the most battles take place during the Revolutionary War, but most people don't know them because I think a big problem was everything was built up in New Jersey. So there's hardly any sites that really remain anymore. Okay. So that's really, that's truly yeah. interesting. That's just, that's just the, uh, the revolutionary history of the house. I mean, it goes on all the way up to almost modern time. So yeah. has it been the site of, and hello, Kristen, there she is joining us here today. Um, is this site in particular home to many battles or many tragedies because of, I mean. So the weird thing about White Hill is we have a lot of history, but okay. there's so much we don't know. Um, okay. So we don't know of any actual battles that took place. Um, there was rumors of a small skirmish. Um, during the Revolutionary War, but nothing major happened there. And there isn't, there's only three documented deaths on the property that we know of. But there's so much okay. straight in White Hill that we just don't know. Hold on a second. There are literally homes from like the early 1900s, right? Even mm -hmm. like 1950, and they'll be like, oh no, there's documented 10, 12, 15 deaths. And you're telling me a house from the seven, there's only three documented deaths. Yep, that we know of. Yep, I know it's crazy. It drives me nuts because I, when I first started, I did a lot of the research yeah. and you, you can't really find anything. It's like, for some reason, there's this like cloud of mystery around it. Mm -hmm. Huh. That is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, see, this is the stuff I really feel like when I was in school, had this been presented like that, I probably would have taken a serious interest in history because this is this is stuff right i mean this like kind of gets you jazzed up to be like mm -hmm. okay like now i need to know more not even the yeah. paranormal side of it i want to know more about what this why this location and you're right like you said it butts up to the delaware river yeah the delaware river is right behind the house it's a big reason why the house was there okay so, made, made use of it okay so you're with friends of white hill mansion so this is this is historic his history preservation. Yep. Historic so preservation. did they 
embrace the par how does the paranormal how does this happen to white hill i mean besides the obvious that it's a historical location and people can assume there's going to be stories but how does paranormal then come into white hill okay so so for a long time um so in the 1800s and stuff it passed through many different families um some basically from the fields went through to many different families and then in 1922 it became a a, a german restaurant so okay. a guy mr glink took over the whole restaurant, took over the mansion, turned it into a restaurant and ran as a restaurant for, God, for almost from 1922 all the way up to 1993. And then wow. there, was a, there was a chemical plant next door that bought the property um, because I guess they didn't want the liability of the, the public restaurant next door to it. So it kind of sat abandoned for a while. Then the local, uh, local township, Fieldsburg Township, bought the property and they didn't really know what to do with it. And then the friends came along. So... I'm not exactly sure how the whole haunted thing happened, but I think before I came there, the friends were in there and they were having activity and people were interested in it. And they brought it up to the town council and said, listen, this is a way that we can generate money mm -hmm. and, and save this place. And it just took off from there. So, and it is so true. I mean, paranormal people truly do help support these businesses and it does become a big business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have watched our show um, earlier, what our first show actually here on KU next was with Chris Sumner, Dr. Mm -hmm. Chris Sumner, and she had an amazing um, uh, slideshow on paranormal tourist business and, oh, and yeah. just what that can do. I find it interesting that there was a chemical plant next to yeah. a restaurant for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, Hmm. Okay. And a German restaurant. To yep. And it was a, a very, from what we were told, it was a very successful restaurant. It was always packed. So. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's get a little personal with Kyle folks. Let's just, let's dive into it because you shared this little tidbit with me and, and I, I have, I apologize because I don't exactly re remember how we started the conversation. I don't either. Just um, but Here's the thing. So, Kyle, how long have you been doing paranormal? Maybe four years. Okay. So you've been doing White Hill first and foremost for how long? About four to five years. So roughly okay. about the same time. And like, okay. I never was into, like, I thought the paranormal was cool. But when I first started at White Hill, I was just, I was just intrigued by the history. And yeah. I was like, cool. Ghosts are cool. Maybe I was skeptical, but I didn't really, I didn't really have an opinion either way. And my main main draw was I had local family history in the area and I saw this building that needed help. So I was like, let me go help. Did you do well in history class in high school um, or junior high? I did not do well, <laughs> but I always had an interest in it. Cause you huh. just rattled off the White Hill stuff. Like yeah. amazing. I'd have to look at notes. Like I still yes. have to look at, I know you do this often with White Hill, but still. Okay. So, you know, I know you do the tours at White Hill. You got to know Get Haunted. They were always there, right? They, mm -hmm. you guys sort of formed this friendship. Yeah. Um, you start working for Get Haunted and, uh, we start talking through Get Haunted, and I don't remember how I asked, but I was like, so White Hill, right? And he starts sharing the coolest information about this connection. And I don't, I felt like when you were telling me, so tell me if I'm wrong. I sort of felt like when you were telling me, I don't know, did you realize? What? I didn't really, like I knew about the connection, but I didn't really, I don't know. 
I mean, people have connections to places all over. I don't know. I just never really. I don't Dudes, know. they just are like. Mm. Really grasp it. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't. Have, I don't know why it connected then. Okay. Well, let's talk about. So you're you're interested in history, but let's talk about maybe why you have this interest with White Hill. Yeah, there's a family, local family connection, but it actually goes deeper. And I don't know why I think this is so cool, but you're meant to be there, Kyle. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. that's what I said. <laughs> and I'm sticking by that. So let's talk about who in your life, pre-Kyle and during Kyle, had some connections to White Hill. So Fieldsboro, New Jersey is the smallest borough in New Jersey. It only has about 400 residents, so it's tiny. But my family is originally from Fieldsboro, or part of my family. So my great-grandfather was the mayor of Fieldsboro. And during my research at White Hill, I kind of I kind of knew he was the mayor, but I didn't know like how his connection was with White Hill. So he actually used to be good friends and played on the same adult baseball um, team as Mr. Glink, the guy who owned the restaurant in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So I mean, there's a good chance he was in there all the time hanging out and, you know, doing local business because it literally was one of the only businesses in Fieldsboro. So that was the one connection. Um, and then when it was up in the 70s and early 80s, that's there was a, a group of guys from the local Bordentown Elks, right? So that's the next town over. And they formed a, a little business and they bought the mansion and they ran it. And my grandparents were good friends with them. So they used to come in and my grandmother would be the hostess, my um my grandfather would help cook and my dad was the bus boy all through high school. So that's I mean, wow, I well, love that. Yeah. I, when he was telling me, I'm like, uh, uh he's meant to be there. Yeah. Like does anybody yeah. else like, I, I like, I no, I see I'm, it. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Didi. I was like, does everybody I get on and know this? Cause this is to me yeah. a very cool connection. And I feel like when you were sharing this, Kyle, you're kind of like, I never really thought of it. Yeah. Cause I never really, like growing up, I always hear my grandparents and my dad mention occasionally the mansion. They always called the mansion and how busy it was and all the stuff that they had going on there. And I never even knew where it was. I didn't even think it existed anymore. I thought it was, oh, it was some old restaurant that they knocked down and put whatever. And then I don't know how I stumbled upon it. I found it and I was like, oh, my God, that's a place. And then I just found that they were looking for volunteers. I showed up one day and I walked in the door and I was like, just had that vibe. I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. And then doing all this, doing tours, started, you know, with the, on the board and then became vice president. And I never did any of this stuff before talking in front of people, tours, talk about it. It's truly incredible from where I started to where I'm at. Yeah. Right. And I agree. Rob says you were called home, Kyle. Like yeah. I felt like when you were telling me, and I think you, I think you even said, as you were telling, sharing this story with me, I think you said, then I saw a commercial on TV or something or in the newspaper, you saw something that was something like triggered it. And I made the connection like, Oh yeah, that's the mansion that they always talked about. Yeah. And there, I mean, your and grandfather or your great grandfather to me, that's, that's a really big i don't know he's that's a big chunk of time right mm -hmm. that's a big yeah. chunk of time um when you think back now as you've started to explore this place paranormally not just historically do you do you think of anything that has happened that could be family related see i always think about that and i don't know i don't i don't think anything directly okay um but i mean white hill is so unique with it's paranormal activity that I don't 
I don't know if it's the same. I think my theory is just from being there, just from observations of people coming through and investigating that there's, there's a small group of kind of spirits that kind of, I call them resident spirits that kind of stay and come mm-hmm. and go, but you know, but then there seems like there's other activity that it may just be people passing through other spirits, bad things passing through. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever actually had a contact with like, I guess a relative or anything that I know of. Nothing has jumped out at me like that. So I'm always curious with a location like that. And this, I mean, this might be one of the old, and for me, for in the United States, right? This is a pretty old location, historical location. So then you have to wonder like, yeah, does it become a portal? Sort of what you're saying is it, does it become something for them to pass through? Mm -hmm. But do you feel like, so the resident spirits that are there, do you feel like you get into some of the original players of White Hill? I I think so. Sometimes it feels like, like when you're investigating or when you're experiencing something that you'll kind of go through time periods. Like you'll mm-hmm. be interacting. What you think is like, okay, this may be colonial. But mm-hmm. then a couple minutes later, you get something that may be more from the 1940s, like Mo- like a mobster generation type thing, oh. or old depression, or then you get some 1800s here and there, and it's it's very confusing. It's almost like you're stepping through time sometimes. So yeah, and so and they don't have a concept of time, right? So that's really so. I'm kind of curious too, and I don't know if how you would even find this out. Do you think that even in the beginning of White Hill Mansion that they've experienced paranormal? Throughout, like, when do you think this sort like, do you think, Mr. I keep thinking Colonel Clink, by the way, when you talk about <laughs> the person that owned the restaurant, but like, do you think they've had any experiences? So we, we do have some, some reports, but not many, but the problem I think is um, all the documented timeline is basically from the 1920s up, um, but it was always a restaurant. So my theory is that there was always something going on as a restaurant. Yeah. So they may not even noticed it. They were late yeah. at night, early in the morning. And the family who ran the restaurant actually lived on the second floor. Oh, so there okay. was always some kind of activity. So we get a lot of questions. And there's only been one or two stories that we got from former residents who owned the, the restaurant that said like weird stuff happened. But that's uh, what I think. I think I, there's so much activity from the restaurant that they didn't even notice. Yeah. And I feel like, do you, do you ever, I feel like it's a pretty good theory. Like restaurants and bars are pretty notorious for hauntings. Like mm-hmm. because yeah. that energy, like people are right. Yeah. Like you're there. It's, it's really energetic. Mm-hmm. I bet you there had, I mean, I don't know that. And with the river there, like you said, is that I kind of like what Kristen just said, they come down the river and stop by. I mean, yeah. is there stuff that is coming in off the, like, or is there a constant replay I think we got a little bit of everything at Whitehill. I think we've got some residual haunting. Mm-hmm. We definitely have intelligent hauntings. Um, they know who I am. They know who some of us are that come here all the time. Um, so I think you get a little bit of everything. And I mean, I think like what you said, that it's just been here for so long and there's been so many people through so much energy. And even before um, the house was there, it was Native American land. So we even have some Native American hauntings on the outside of the house. So it's just had human habitation for 300 years plus so yeah how big is the property kyle um well originally it was 600 acres and i think it's down to about an about an acre oh wow, wow. it's pretty okay. small because the, the basically the, the property was broken up and the town formed around it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. does it bleed out into the town at all not that we know of and it's odd enough you say that because you always get that question because on the it's not on the property now but on the other side of the property line 
there's the old carriage house that was turned into a house. And we think that was dates back to about 1720. And Mr. Glink, who opened the restaurant, his grandson still lives in that house. He's in his like 70s or 80s. And he's wow. never said anything to us mm-hmm. about any kind of activity. So huh. that is really interesting. It, it, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm always like with the activity that's happening in the house yeah. all the time. I'm like, there's got to be something yeah. there. So oh. either he doesn't care, doesn't notice or. Yeah. Doesn't want to say because right. it could be one of those things, right? If he says it, then yeah. Okay, so so the paranormal side of it sort of helps fund. Um, oh God, yes, yeah. running that place because again, these and something that old—that's not easy to. Keep no, up. it's a it's a huge, huge undertaking. I mean, it's it's structurally stable, but it needs work. It was abandoned for a good twenty years before we got in there. Um, and it is uh, preserved through the state, so nothing will ever happen to the house. It won't be knocked down or built on and, or sold or anything like that. But the state funding only goes so far, and the, and the government funding only goes so far. So um, the paranormal community, like you said, is, is some of the best historical preservationists out there. I mean, they care about the history. And, I mean, without them, that the project would be nowhere. It really would. Yeah. And so just so everybody knows, coming up September 24th, you've heard me talking about world's largest ghost hunt. And Kyle, your location is every year for the last seven, this will be the seventh year, correct? Yep. Uh, Keys, Keystone Spirit Seekers. Yep. They are the team that that every uh, world's largest ghost hunt, they do that location. And I love that she keeps a notebook of yep. all the stuff so she can compare each year. Yep. Yeah, Linda. Linda is great. She comes every year. Her team is great. Everyone has a great time, and they usually get they usually get some pretty good activity. I think last year they had a uh, static DVR camera, and it was sitting on a table, and it actually moved sideways. Yeah, so. that's incredible. And I, you know, so check. Be sure if you want to get a peek. You're, you know, if you can't get to White Hill within the next two weeks, you can watch a live to get a little sneak peek at what White Hill is. Um, with Keystone uh, Spirit Seekers on the 24th for World's Largest Ghost Hunt. Um, okay, so it's imp- so the board for White Hill embraces the paranormal. Mm-hmm. They've all had possibly some sort of paranormal experience or activity that they've witnessed. Um, what is some of the favorite activity that happens at White Hill? Oh, boy. So <laughs> some of the favorite stuff is... Um, we got a lot of shadow people, especially up in the attic. Um, a lot of disembodied voices. We get EVPs like crazy in certain rooms. Um, and we've we've had an uptick in full body apparitions. Uh, Rob has seen one of the more famous uh, full body apparitions. It's a Victorian lady in, in white, typical lady in white, but she has a, a high collar. And when she comes out and when people see her, they all describe the same thing. Exactly what Rob saw. Like they look, she looks right at you and acknowledges you. So she's she knows what's going on. It's it's really incredible. So, so she could be more of a uh, intelligent. Yes, she definitely seems intelligent. She seems to kind of shy away from most of of the people when they come in. But again, like this is my theory. There are certain people that they can either it's easier for them to see mm-hmm. or it's easier for them to interact with. I don't know how it works, but as as I watch the investigators come in, because we're pretty much booked up every Friday and Saturday. Uh, nights throughout the whole year you see different people come through and some groups get really great activity some get crazy activity it's like always like why is that well i guess it's no different than living people right you either connect or you're like yeah that seems like a group i want to hang out with or you're like "Mm, not tonight (laughs) 
I think I'm going to sit this one out. Um, so now that, and we just recently had this conversation about your connection with Whitehill, but do you feel like that will, now that you're sort of more, I don't know, you brought it to the forefront, you're, you're thinking of it more maybe, mm -hmm. do you think that will help in anything that you do there? Like, will you try to use that a little bit in any of your exploration there? Yeah, because I mean, I'm like, I'm obviously pretty connected to the place. So I, I want to know their story. I want to know what happened so we can tell their story right. So, you know, if that connection helps. And I've noticed since I first started, the experiences ticked up. It started small where like you had the weird vibe in a room and I'm like, what's going on? To voices, to mm -hmm. footsteps, to mm -hmm. being touched, to seeing a full body apparition. So it's only getting stronger, whatever I'm doing. So I must be doing it right. Yeah. Well, they get mm -hmm. and you're there a lot. So, right. They get mm -hmm. they get more comfortable. And, and like our friends, you know, Miranda Young, Ghost Biker Exploration and Dr. Chris Sumner of Soul mm -hmm. Sisters Paranormal. You know, when you have a location that you work at or take care of or own or whatever the word is that you want to mm -hmm. use. Right. They have to become I mean, you become part of their family. Yeah. I, would and I think. think they I think they learn. They learn yeah. how to communicate more. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to watch over the years, like a haunted location. You see the activity change. You see it more, get more intelligent. Or you start see, it's it's really cool to say. So we say they learn, but maybe we're learning. Could be. Or we're both learning. Who knows? Yeah. Or we're both learning. Who knows? Um, okay. So we know Get Haunted goes there a lot. Do you find that a lot of investigators and or so you guys do candlelight tours, which are not slotted, by the way, to be paranormal necessarily. They are. A, a history tour done by candlelight, which if you've never seen a, a live or a pr little pre-live of what they're doing there, it's pretty cool. But you have been asking Get Haunted to surprise your candlelight tour uh, guest with a mini ghost hunt. Yeah. Um, do you find you get a lot of repeat guests coming back? Like, do you have people that are like, oh my gosh, I love this location? Yeah, it's, it's the candlelight tours are especially, I, I love them for two reasons. One, they're super fun. And the second reason is it gets people who, are interested in the history and they're not quite sure what they think of the paranormal and it's a good mm -hmm. way to get them in to kind of blend it together and show like hey the paranormal yeah. community isn't all about like boo and scaring and ghosts mm -hmm. it's, it's about bringing back to these locations and the historical preservation it's kind of kind of cool like how the whole project operates how long does a candlelight tour last for you guys uh we do two tours a night and they're about 90 minutes each so okay. we blend and a little bit of history in each room and then we tell little experiences and then the kid haunted crew generously volunteers their time to give them a little bit of a, you know, what it's like to be a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator. Do you find when those happen, do you find that it is, do they get, do experiences come out easily? Like, do, do you find the guests get a, that a good surprise, a little teaser of what's happening paranormally? Yeah. Most of the time they really enjoy it. And the more that they enjoy it and the more Mm -hmm. energy they put in the the better results we get i mean we've gotten crazy evps we've gotten shadow people on tours it's it's really incredible but it really all depends on the group of people and how interested or excited they are in it so do you go into the location ever during the day by yourself because i don't know maybe you've got vice president business to take care of <laughs> yeah so i'm the closest to the location mm. of anyone so okay. when anything ever happens i'm kind of default so Okay. I'm only about five minutes away, so I'm always there. Yeah, I go in there alone a lot. Oh my, I'd be there every day. <laughs> um, have you had things happen for you while you're there by yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, it, it happens quite a lot. I mean, I always, 
it didn't always start like this, but I always go in now and I'm like, listen, just don't, <laughs> I don't like the, the abrupt scares or the jump scares. I'm like, if you want to come out, that's fine. Just don't like pop out from behind a corner and be like, Hey, I'm here. So, I mean, I've been there to, to lock up after ghost hunt early in the morning, like six o'clock. I've had a coffee in my hand. I've opened the front door and I've heard steps go footsteps, go up the steps and somebody whistle go. Oh, and I'm like, really? It's six o'clock. Like, come on. Let's... <laughs> Maybe they can't help it. They're like, well, we don't mean to be abrupt. It's yeah, just I mean, how it comes out. And we get a lot of questions too. Like, when is it more active? Is it three o'clock in the morning? And at White Hill, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've had crazy experiences right in the middle of the day, three o'clock in the morning, one o'clock is whenever they decide, I think. We're on their terms. Yeah, we're totally on their terms. Um at this location, when you're going through the history, how do the rooms, like, are the rooms fairly accurate about what the history is? Like, if you call a, ro a room, like, the Rose Room, like, does it match up with? So, it's kind of tough because of our condition. Some of the rooms are better than others. But White Hill has had so many renovations through the years, and every family kind of left their mark on it that it's it's really hard. Like, the, the one main room that we use when everyone comes in, we call it the parlor. It kind of looks like it should look like in colonial times but it has some some 19th century elements but it also was one of the main dining rooms so you kind of have to use your imagination a little bit on the tour so okay that's the toughest part and what would you say if you can like do you guys keep any kind of paranormal record keeping on this or we really should but we don't kyle i know i, know. I did you start one and i just i'm too busy i'm sorry well, I mean, you almost need to have, you don't leave anything out. Like, do you yeah, I was going to say, just leave a book out for them to document. We did, we did leave a book out for a good year and no one wrote in it. Oh. <laughs> and that's, like, that's, how it, that's how it stopped. Because I was like, well, let's put a book out. People can write their experiences. Yeah. Tell every every ghost hunting team and no one would no one would write anything. I'm like, not even like <laughs> didn't get anything. No, nope, they would tell me about it. And I'd be like, did you write it down? They're like, oh, no. Too much, care. too much work. So. Um, what would you say is your most active floor or area or room like where you're like, okay, you know what? Almost every time I go here, I get some. I would say there's a couple spots. So I could think of three off the top of my head. So definitely the attic. Okay. The attic has always come some kind of activity. We always get either weird noises. Um, we get a music box playing up there a lot and there's no electricity. Oh. Um, shadow people like the, the craziest shadow people you could ever see um okay then the the second floor has crazy activity too voices um that's where i saw a full body apparition mm -hmm. um a lot of people see and feel just a sensation um and then down in the basement um so the basement part of the basement is like the original 1700s kind of style basement and the other part, um, when Mr. Clink bought the house, Prohibition was happening. So he put in a, a speakeasy. So there's a full bar down there still. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> and it has a lot of crazy activity. Um, and we kind of think there's a male super intelligent spirit down there. Uh, we've actually talked to him. He's, he's channeled through uh, somebody twice. He's told me his name. We don't give the name out because we're waiting for someone else to tell us to confirm okay. it. But he, he's fully aware of the whole project. He knows who I am. He actually told me that that I remind him of someone. And I was like, well, cool. Who do I remind you of? Because it could be a good or a bad thing. And he never answered. But he knows why people come there. 
He knows what we're trying to do, raise money and fix it. It's, it's, it's really one of the, the craziest things I've ever experienced. Perhaps he knows a great grandfather. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. He's it's like, very possible because we kind of think he's in the time period of the, the, 30s or 40s perhaps okay. so but we don't yeah. know for sure because you know it, it's hard anything paranormal evidence wise you can't be sure 100 percent um but our, our president dawn he despises her for some reason he says so many bad words and interacts with her so much we can't figure out why so does she love the paranormal aspect of white hill or does she yeah so so dawn was one of the original board members who, when she came in, she actually was one of the first people to investigate with her own paranormal team. And then she came there and loved it so much. She kind of stayed and kind of like what I did, just volunteered and worked her way up. Now she's, you know, the president. So I've learned a lot from her um, in this whole field and with the historical preservation. Oh, do you know this Doc Spraza? Am I saying that correct? Um, I don't know. I missed the comment. Was there one out there? He, well, he's yeah. he's saying he's he. I think he said morning. But he said the music box would creep me out. I don't know if he's ever been to White Hill. Yeah, it's 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 creepy when it happens. It happened to me once, and it sounds like an old time wind up box. Yeah, music and there's box. nothing there. No, and it's always up in the attic, and the attic has no electricity, and there's nothing up there that would. Wow. Fall. It's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty crazy. Huh. That is what about crazy. the apparition? You said that earlier you were saying there was an apparition. It was a female with a white dress. Is that the one you saw? No. So I was there and I, I always had this vibe and I had no, when I first started, I had no like preconceived notion of anything. And I always would like feel like there was someone following me, someone small, like, like kid size. And I would always stop. Sometimes I'd look and I'd be like, whatever, that's weird. But I always had it in the back of my mind. I had no reason to really think that so one day i went over there after work to open up the house for a tour the tour never shut up showed up so i was already hot from work the house was hot i was annoyed i'm like all right whatever so i went back in second floor shut the windows came out of one of the rooms and i turned and there was a three-year-old little boy with blonde hair blue eyes staring right at me oh you saw it that clear blue yeah, eyes blonde i hair. came out he locked eyes with me and I, I walked out of the room and his head followed me and i looked right at him i could still i could like oh picture his face the perfect details and he was there for a second and then just disappeared and it didn't register at the time so i locked up the house and i'm like okay so then i was driving down the driveway and then that's when i lost it i just started crying because i was like oh everything that i was feeling just got validated by seeing yeah. this kid so um yeah. there was a couple other reports of people seeing him um and there's some speculation that it could be one of the field's children so mary field only had she had seven children three only lived adulthood so okay. we don't know exactly if they died on the property but it, i mean there's speculation that it could be uh samuel fields because he was about that age group but everyone asked me well what was he wearing i'm like i don't know i just looked at his face because he was staring yeah. at me so yeah. but that was pretty that was one of my more profound moments but that's when i was like okay there's definitely something going on like why did i see him so do you yeah. talk about this? I feel like Kyle, you're you're sort of the quiet dude in the background. I don't talk about it a lot because for me, even like my family connection with White Hill, for me it was more about the story of the history of White Hill and the people that live there and why it's still there. I never made it about me. I never thought, you know, I just I don't know, I just didn't feel right saying, Oh, the story's all about me. But I don't think that makes it about you. I think that it's an intro because I right, we all sort of gravitate 
towards things. Like I feel like with Dee Dee, you know, she gravitates towards Victorian homes. And, you know, when you start to explore perhaps why, why we have these likes, I guess you could say a past life. You could, mm -hmm. is it, or is it sort of what Rob suggested, which you're sort of being called home? Like you're, you know, some yeah. people, you know, maybe there was something that happened in somebody's life that was so major, mm -hmm. you know, that you you just suddenly I don't know it doesn't make it about you but it could explain why we have these desires to be somewhere yeah but I would be really curious you know if now like now that you're sort of giving this validation to these connections this family mm -hmm. connection and if you were to talk about it at the home does the home offer you any more stories yeah. it might I don't know I never really I never really bring it up too much even there at White Hill, I never really talk about it because yeah, you know, oh, got to. Now. Oh, here's, I think you should. Yeah, here's Bob next EVP session. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think right. What now is great grandpa and grandpa? Were they all? Is that great grandpa Mangus or? Mm -mm, no, it was on. It was it was on my dad's side, but it's not the same name. Okay. So. Okay. Wow. Um, they, Even somebody who might have known your grandfather just mentioning his name could trigger somebody. And I never, I don't think I've ever mentioned his name in the house. So I don't know. I could try it. And we'll even the, the man who ran the restaurant talking mm -hmm. just about him and yeah. Germany and stuff like that could trigger. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering too, because you said the time frames would have been the 20s through the 50s with your great grandpa. Yeah, roughly about that time period. Yeah. And so mafia ties. And it's, it's, so we do know, we don't know everything for sure, but we do know that there was a speakeasy being run that time. So there probably was. Mm -hmm. At least I'm not uh, saying that anything crazy was going on there mafia wise, but perhaps they stopped there for dinner. Oh, I'm right. sure. Um, and it's really unique about White Hill is, so in colonial times, they had two tunnels that ran from the basement out to the river. Oh. So they were still there and active up until the sixties. Oh. Um, it collapsed in the sixties, but I mean, there is some rumors and local lore that there was uh, illegal alcohol being sold during prohibition, which wasn't, wasn't crazy at the time. No. Everyone kind of no. did it. Yeah. And they used to use the, the tunnels to deliver to the local river towns because they were that close to the river. So, oh. I mean, there is a lot of mysterious stuff that happened at White Hill. That we just well, that could also maybe give credence to having spirits passing through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, right. That they're not necessarily stuck there, even though I don't love that term for ghosts, but mm -hmm. right. That there could be this little highway. Yeah. I don't think yeah. any of them are stuck there. I think the ones that stay are there because they want to be. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, maybe all the people that investigate and we're always constantly having investigations that maybe it, it draws yeah. things that are passing by in like, Ooh, what's going on? Let's go yeah. check right. it out. And then they kind of pass through and maybe it does have something to do with the water. I don't know. It's in the water. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the water. <laughs> so now that you're sort of ramping up some of your thoughts and theories and gifts with paranormal, um, this is where Kyle and I don't agree. I think he's had something in his teen years that actually tipped him off to, um, and I'm going to stand by that because it won't go away. I stand by that, Kyle, that something somewhere you're going to be like, you know what? I remember I was 14. Mm -hmm. Um that kind of tipped you off to maybe what you're experiencing more now. How do you sort of, do you have any thoughts and you might not have even really thought about it that much, but the more you're exploring it, how do you sort of see that playing out at White Hill for you? Like, so 
the more that I'm accepting that I might have a gift or something, um, the more that I accept it, the more, and I'm open to it, the more activity that I have that surrounds me or whatever. And, and not even only in White Hill. I think White Hill was the catalyst for me. It was where I needed to be to crack me open, if you will, and be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. So that's what I think White Hill is. And that's why I think it'll always be a special place for me. So Yeah, we kind of all have that one, I think, location, even if it is where I grew up in a little bit of a haunted house or whatever. I mean, you know, sometimes if you really give it a thought, you know, Didi, you've been doing dreams. You said it's been 30 years for you mm -hmm. for dream yeah. analysis, right? But yeah. do you ever think back to your childhood and was it always something that interests you, the dream world or? You know, I don't remember like dreams at all yeah. until adulthood. So okay. I think it's something I picked up as an adult. Yeah. So we just appreciate it more, I guess, as mm -hmm. we get older, we sort of have that experience and you're like, wait, what was that? Like, what am, what am I doing here? Kind of like what you said, Kyle, like as you're starting to realize like, okay, I had that vibe. I had that vibe that somebody was around me, probably a kid. And then it gets validated and you're like, well, what else am I, <laughs> what else am I thinking about that perhaps you just know, and now it's starting to come out more. Yep. So I'm curious, like, you know, what do you think that will play out for you? Will, do you think, I mean, I don't know if I love the word psychic because sometimes I feel like that sort of puts you into mm -hmm. um, a, a different category of, I don't know, because I think we all have that, right? I think yeah, you become I more aware. I think we all have that ability to, to know and to yeah. feel and to see and to smell and, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm curious, I just, I wonder how that's going to play out for you. Like, will you somehow build that into something bigger for White Hill? I know you're doing stuff outside of White Hill, but. I, I really don't know. I mean, just the experiences I've had at White Hill and then with the Get Haunted crew, I mean, I don't know what's in store. I mean, yeah. it's, it's ramped up and it's just, it's, it's all good, but it's just, it's just crazy how, where I started and, and where I'm at. So I really, I really don't know, but I know White Hill will play a big part in it always. So. How long did, how long has Get Haunted been going there that you've known? Because you've been doing, you said the White Hill thing for four years-ish, mm -hmm. maybe a little more. So then when did Get Haunted come into the picture for you? Get Haunted came in, oh, so that's complicated too. So Get Haunted came <laughs> this year for the first time in the, in the wintertime. Okay. But like, I've always, I've known Rob for like five or six years through all this. Okay. And we always were there, but we never, I don't know, it's weird. And then all of a sudden, just like, bam. He was there with another event company. Yeah, right? another event company or investigating on his own. He was always around, always helping out White Hill volunteering all of his time and making okay. merch for us and stuff. So, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, it just I don't know, it just happened. It's just strange how the the events happened, just how I even got to White Hill. You know? Yeah. Just, I guess it's all meant to be somehow. It so, is. I know. Power. I love that story. I don't know why it it was almost like as I don't again, I can't remember what the question was that got us going on that conversation. But as you started sharing, I'm like, what the hell? Like, does every does no one else know that like this is the to me, what an amazing you've never mentioned any like anytime you've talked about White Hill, like that's just never come out. So it was just like, how it, this just seems big to me. I, I just feel like when you have a line, it's not even like just one person or like, oh, yeah. a weird third cousin down the road. No, this is your lineage. This is, it was yeah. there. It all took place there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And I mean, all the amazing people that I've met 
activists in the paranormal community and outside the paranormal community have all been around White Hill. It's really strange. So it's yeah. it's like, mm. I don't know. It's like you said, I don't know. I don't understand it, but it's great. I wonder if the different people that you've connected with, they also have relatives that have the same connection. And Kyle, you're... Don't, don't you think it needs to be like some kind of crazy self journey? Yeah, yeah. totally. That's what it's you turned out to be. And I think that's what, when we were talking the other day, that's what the realization was like, okay, this is the, the epicenter yeah. of me. And you know. why? Yeah, why? Like why, why White Hill with that predates America? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, Kyle, this, for some reason, I feel like that was just like you, like, I feel like I just flipped the first page of a book and it was like, so my great grandfather, yeah. grandfather and dad all played a part of this. And here's and I mean, how it bloomed. <laughs> for all I know, I mean, my from the research that I've done, like my family's been in this general area since the early 1700s. So, I mean, there could even be a further back connection that I don't even yeah. know, but I mean, I, I just don't know. So your family wasn't much of an explorer. They're like, this is where we landed. This is where we're staying. <laughs> they, kinda, <laughs> they were afraid yeah, to leave that New Jersey yeah. area. Yeah. And I did, I did find that I had relatives that fought the Revolutionary War. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, who knows? Kyle. I don't okay, know. that's it. You have to start digging. Yeah. I don't know where you even go with that, but you've got yeah. to somehow. Sounds so out. interesting. Yeah. But I never, I never, like I said, I didn't want to make it about myself per se. And I know, I, you know, it's just, I never did. I just never talked about it because it was for the, the greater good for the project. So I never really associated it with me per se, you know. Well, you until, can do both. Until I was going to say. We had that conversation. It's yeah, like it's the greater both. good for White Hill, yeah. but then you can learn a little bit about and see you're gonna there's gonna just remember 14, remember that number, and something in your digging is gonna connect. Okay. And it's gonna be something historical. And you probably heard it when you were 14. I don't know, but there's something oh. there, and you're gonna be like, Oh, okay. I I believe you. It's just I <laughs> have to have that that moment where I'm like, oh, that's it. That's your it. family, are they into this paranormal thing at all no no you're on your own <laughs> yeah i'm on my own you're on your own okay so they don't uh, even they're just like eh, yeah who cares they're like who cares? Oh, chasing ghosts have fun with that and that's <laughs> it you know <laughs> which is fine i mean it's not for everyone it's not it's not for everybody but it it see this is to me this right here is why I love the paranormal so much because it, for me, it validates that they are here to get us to dig a little deeper yeah. into why, why, and and who are we? And, you know, I always love, you know, I, I'm a big believer. I know there are a lot of people who believe in past lives. We, we touched on this, you know, everybody's always been the queen of England or, you know, Cleopatra or whatever. But I, I am a big believer when scientists have started to dig into that it's not the past lives that you're that you're remembering. It's the that DNA has memory. Yeah. And so you're just calling up the memories of your ancestor. Yep. I mean, so you weren't that person before. And I do believe in many lives. I, I don't I, I don't deny that part of it. But some of these memories could just be that memory of DNA. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so why wouldn't you want to explore like perhaps yeah. there's something that needs to be, I don't know, to help you move forward to something 
new and bigger. Yeah. You need to explore your dreams too, because there could be some information that you're getting in your dreams that you're just not paying attention to because you didn't put it like as part of the package of yeah, what you're learning. Yeah, it was never on my radar till recently. So do you yeah. dream a lot? Occasionally. I don't really dream a whole lot though. Or at least I don't remember. You do, you just don't remember because if you people who don't remember their dreams, it's because it's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Kyle's you like, can if you want to. He's like, these blondes. Now I have to dig no, man, deep into my emotions. <laughs> you have exercises to do I now. Do. We have <laughs> things to accomplish, Kyle. I have homework. You have homework <laughs> and we are going to hold you to it. So what is the next? So October 15th, just if anybody is curious, you can go to Get Haunted's um, page and you can completely get on board with doing the two or doing the Get Haunted event at uh at White Hill. Um, it's going to be super cool. Um, I am going to make the trek out there because this is just a location. I feel like these are ones you got to, you got to travel to. Right. And this is, I have never heard of White Hill until I yeah. started to work with Get Haunted and, and it just kept coming up. And it's like, you know, how do you not want to check out this house that has really yeah, every yeah. just for the history. Yeah. yeah, just for the history. Mm -hmm. Um, but what do you what does White Hill have coming up besides World's Largest Ghost Hunt? All right, so we try to do a whole bunch of events, not just paranormal. So we do do um, just regular history tours. Um, mm -hmm. That's all on our website, uh, WhiteHillMansion.org. Um, in October, we're going to have some more candlelight tours. They're almost all sold out, but that's also on our website. Um, October eighth, I believe, we're having a. a paint and sit party where you bring Ooh. wine and you paint. Um, oh. I think it's going to be some kind of Halloween theme painting. Um, and then I believe in October too, I'm not sure of the date. Um, we're doing an outdoor movie, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. So that's, you know, a free event. I mean, we do accept donations, but that's just like a community outreach and everyone, the community comes out and they love watching Rocky Horror on the front lawn. And the ghosts love it too. On, yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's our big stuff we have going on now. So, okay. And you guys are open year round. We are, we, we kind of close in like January. It's pretty cold because it gets so cold in the house. Um, but we do offer tours whenever we can. I mean, we're all volunteer based, so that's okay. the biggest problem. You know, we work around our volunteers, so we try to do as much as we can with what we got. So, well, Kyle, yeah. I'm so glad that I asked you these questions because yeah. honestly, I just knew there was something there. He was too quiet. It's like, nope, those quiet ones always have those secrets. And he did. <laughs> and I love that you shared it with us. Thank you for talking about it. I can't wait to come out and do White Hill with you October 15th. Um, hey, guys, next week, let me tell you, we've got April from the New Jersey or from the Real Housewives of New Jersey. She is a psychic medium. She's going to join the Blondes. Guys, please go check out uh, Friends of White Hill. Uh, is it Friends of White Hill Mansion.org? Yep. Okay. And you or can also check WhiteHillMansion.org. Sorry. Okay. And you can check it out on Facebook as well. Please go give them some love and support. And uh, we will see you guys next Monday. Didi, like always, it's been a pleasure. Kyle, thank you so yeah. much for hanging out with us. And we will see you guys next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on KUNX. Bye. Bye. <laughs>